No commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome to another edition of BOA Audio Season 9. On tonight's program, very excited about our guest. He is the man behind the outstanding website, the UFO Trail, which you can find, of course, at ufotrail.blogspot.com. Talking about Jack Brewer. I just want to jump in, not even really go crazy on the introductions, because i got to put this stuff over, though, first, because it's awesome, awesome material. Jack Brewer is hes really digging at these stories tenaciously, and the difficult stories in ufology, and he's uncovering all kinds of stuff, and without him, a lot of this information wouldn't even be around, and uh, people wouldn't be as informed about the sort of inside baseball stuff that's going on in ufology, and all that's going on at the UFO Trail, and I've been digging into it the last couple of days. I've always sort of followed along with it, but I really dug into it over the last couple of days and was just completely blown away by some of the stuff I uh, hadn't noticed originally or maybe had forgotten about and remembered as I was reading it. So I'm very uh, very much looking forward to talking to him tonight. Jack Brewer, welcome to BOA Audio, my friend. Well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate that intro. Thank you very much. Oh man, I meant it. I meant it, Jack. You do some outstanding work. I was uh I was really blown away by it. It's uh I don't I can't put my finger on it, but it's uh it's just really really it's powerful stuff. I feel like you're almost threatening the hierarchy of uh what's really going on in ufology at times as I read your stuff. I'm like, "Oh, Jesus, Jack, don't don't go any further. You're going <laughs> to <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think, if nothing else, I I try to do a good job of um, writing about or reporting, if you will, what took place, what we can verify, and then separate my opinions from it. And um, even doing that seems like it, it that alone could put a writer a, a step ahead of the field at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> That's yeah, that's a fuse we uh we're, we've already lit. But let's let's start out with the bio, the background. As you know, uh, from having heard the show, you like to start out with that and find out more from folks. Uh, who is Jack Brewer? You seem like a pretty sensible guy. You have uh, you know, you have your your wits about you. You write some great stuff. Uh, you're resourceful. You're really digging into this. What what are you mixed up in this UFO stuff for? You know, what's <laughs> what's a, what's a nice guy I, like I you guess. doing with a subject like this? <laughs> I guess I got into it for many of the same reasons anyone else does. I, I'm 
Uh, I'm now 50 years old. I was born in Nashville, and I've lived around the southeast, Charlotte, New Orleans. Um, uh, lived in the D.C., Baltimore area. At this point in time, I'm in central Florida, and I am a freelance writer. I've been employed in the music industry off and on pretty much all of my life, and I I, you know, as a child, I was interested in UFOs and ghosts and the paranormal, and um, it continued into adulthood. And um, I, I think, like everybody, I was blown away by by the surge in the 1980s and, and the stories we were hearing and the, the books that were being put out. And as I got more and more involved in it and began to ask questions, um, I actually came to be insulted and like almost personally hurt that if you went a little below the surface, you found so much of this stuff just crumbling and um, having no, no means of verification. And so eventually, you know, by 2010, I decided that I felt like I had some things to say and, you know, the internet was in full swing. So I decided to blog and um, pretty much uh, ask people questions, tried to hold them accountable for the things they were claiming they had proof of. And um, you pretty much know what happened from there. Yeah, yeah. So you've been at this for a long time. It's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. It, it, I I I sense I got sort of a sense of what you're saying there, like this sense of betrayal. Uh, that as absolutely you know, yeah. That, that's a good description. In the early 1990s, I uh, was rather involved with some people in the UFO community and. Um, as as time went on, I felt like I was learning much more about how these people behave than what they claimed they knew anything about, you know. <laughs> um, as, as one of my contacts put it, and I, I kind of like this description, um, you write about the people doing the pointing instead of what they're pointing at, and um, maybe so, maybe so. Yeah, man, I've been saying that about my show. You know, it's not as much about the lights in the sky as it's about the people on the ground, what they're doing. Because, you know, we can we can't get a handle on the on the UFO phenomenon, but we can certainly understand the people involved in all this, and they're strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I appreciate that that you know you have a results oriented approach, and um, absolutely, you, from a social perspective, it's an absolutely fascinating. Um, evolution over the years and the, the things we can trace it back to, you know, that in, in the, you know, 1960s, Dr. Simon worked with the Hills and the next thing you know, you know, it, it, 40, 50 years later is is just, you know, dumbfounding how something like that evolved and, and to, um have have so little to hang their hat on to make such you know leaps and and claims of of evidence of something. Mm, that's interesting. But yeah, like you said, betrayal is certainly certainly a feeling I I had of um, people in the community that that are 
are more than happy to take you under their wing and to claim themselves qualified to explain things to you that very much takes on. Yeah, yeah, I, you laugh because it, it is, you know, a, a a thing, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I know exactly. It's I'm laughing because like, it is. Yes, I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like the opposite of the... Um, Bunker, the stubborn debunker, like on the one hand, I don't want to try to tell people what they did or didn't see or did or did not experience, but I don't know. How, how should I know? And so, you know, on the one hand, people don't want to come forward and talk about their experiences because they don't want people making fun of them and them that, that they have, you know, mental problems or, or misinterpreted or whatever. But then the other extreme of that is certainly people that will tell you what they think you experienced that, you know, because you had a story about something weird that happened once, um, they want to bring you into the fold of alien abductees and um, just all kinds of outlandish things that, of course, um, more moderate thinking people are concerned about their reputations and, and being grouped in with a, a fringe bunch of people. So on the one side, you have the people that tell you it's crazy and nothing happened, and on the other side, you have the people that tell you that, you know, you've been um, flying around with the reptilians. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's yeah. tough. You've been chosen by the Venusians for a mission. It, and then the people in the middle who don't know what's going on. Well, it's it's a... I don't even know how to even unpack all this uh, with you. Uh, we talked about this before we started the show. There's so many areas that I want to talk about. I feel like this is, you know, this is like a time capsule sort of question because in five or ten years, I presume this is going to be a ridiculous footnote in UFO history. But right now, we're sort of like a few weeks away from this Roswell slides thing, and uh, we should, I guess, I would guess, cover it, you know, to lead here to start the show because that's what people are going to be hearing a lot about, I guess, leading up to whatever the hell's going on with this whole thing. And as I said to you before we kicked off the show, I barely know anything about this because I immediately, I, I just don't, once I hear a story that I can feel like I can safely dismiss out of hand, I don't even keep up with it. And uh, so I haven't. But you're you're like a watchdog of uh, of ufology. Of course, there's the UFO watchdog who, I, I, <laughs> who did great work. I, I saw the wreck and had to look. Yeah, 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 I did. Um, uh, you're right. It first of all, yeah, you're you're not missing anything. This would be one to glaze over. Um, non-story um, that's been promoted very well, very effectively. Essentially, what we have here, and probably lots of the listeners know too, is um, a group of authors and and successful promoters are having an event May 5th in Mexico City to show a couple of slides um, that they feel um, depict an alien body. And um, where, where do you go with that? Uh, yeah. You know, they they have not been able up to this point to explain the, the chain of custody of these slides. And I hesitate to even give a rundown on it because there's a lot of contradictions in it. If I were to tell you 
what we can verify ourselves about this, yeah. it would be that um, some authors already known in, in the UFO community and, and with the Roswell slides are going to uh, uh, present these pictures and what they feel like is apparently evidence. Um, and what we actually know about it is, is that uh, that's it, really. They have some slides that claim to have. We don't know where they came from, um, at least not yet. And uh, if we had an exemplary, I mean an exact chain of custody, of course, as you know, you, all you know is that you have a photo of something. You can't get a physiological composition of what's in a photo. So, How many... you know, I mean... To the best of our knowledge, who's even seen these slides, and has anyone like of any name value in ufology been like, "Yeah, I've seen them. They're good," or something? You know what I mean? Or is it, or is it shadowy figures that are that are offering up these? It, it's Tom, Tom Carey, uh, Don Schmidt. Um, they claim to have them. Um, Jamie Masson is is putting the the show on in in Mexico City. Uh, there's a few people scattered around that, that say they shared um, pictures with them. Some got leaked to the Internet. Various blogs um, have have blurry photos that, that people can see that, in my opinion, uh, there's no reason whatsoever to assume that, that the, the humanoid in the photo is an alien. I mean, I, in my opinion, the only reason someone would, when they see a, a being with two arms, two legs, and is clearly mummified or petrified, the, the only reason a person would, would make a leap to thinking it was a retrieved alien is that pop culture and myth, I, I yeah. mean, you know, why wouldn't you assume a humanoid is a human? Well, you should until you have a lot of reason to think otherwise, you know. Hmm. <laughs> you make it sound so, so simple, Jack. You make it sound so simple, but <laughs> there there are many people out there who unfortunately do not uh, see a humanoid and then <laughs> just jump right to no. aliens. So it's oh. Yeah, they, they do, and... um. Even this week, it, it took an even worse turn, and um, Tom Carey and, and Schmidt were on a, a podcast and um, claimed that they had, had that they were trying to minimize the link to Roswell, and, and that was an insult to a lot of people's intelligence. That um, it's pretty much been been. They came out and they they said initially that they had a, even uh, Mr. Carey called it a smoking gun, and and now as the event gets closer, is like trying to put on the brakes and say, oh, I, you know, yeah, let's just take a look at it. And we might be having a whole different conversation, a whole different discussion about it if if these authors, if some researchers had said, hey, we got a couple of slides, we've got a story about somebody that may have owned them once upon a time, and it's kind of interesting. We think it's kind of kind of interesting. Anybody want to have a look? Would be altogether different than people claiming they have conclusive proof of something and, and then backtracking on it and then, right, right. Um, you know. 
Yeah, if they had come out at yeah. first and were like, hey, we have some cool and interesting pictures. Everyone take a look at these. What do you think? Yeah, then people would be more uh, open to all this. But it's how many times can we fall for all this uh, definitive proof garbage? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the whole it's, thing was putting um, on like a big event and everything. It's like if you – we've been waiting decades for proof of aliens, dude. If you have them, get them out now. Like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's what's been an insult to me is you, you write a paper, you submit it to a journal, you get some peer review, and – uh, the, either the people that have promoted and reported on this sincerely don't understand how incompetently it was conducted, or they do, and either one pretty much means not to pay any attention to it, as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. If I could make a prediction, yeah. I'd say... Uh... It'll get a lot of sort of like minor media attention, and then uh, people will forget about it after a couple of days, and then within a couple of weeks, it'll have been debunked somehow. That's my that's my prediction. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now with my luck, it'll be like the breakthrough, and we'll be sitting here with egg on our faces. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, fine. It, you know, if if somebody can show aliens crashed at Roswell, or somebody can even show that they they have evidence of alien bodies being retrieved from wherever well fine but uh, this isn't what the process would look like you know and plus it's like if you know at the end of the day at the end of the day all this all this is is a picture of an of an alien on like a slab or something so what what good does it right right it a lot of people have have thought that you know it looks like a mummy in a museum. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that one should assume before they they would promote the fantastic, and that's one of the things that you know becomes problematic in the UFO community when a person subjects themselves to enough of the hyperbole and and the sensationalism it it does start to become to seem reasonable to you know think that you know fill in the blank any one of the fantastic stories where it's really but if we surround ourselves with people that are channeling and and you know think that orbs are you know, ghosts from years past or whatever, you know, like I say, just fill in the blank. Yeah. It begins to, to seem reasonable to think so or or that it's already established. Mm. And it, it's, of course, not, you know, like in the case of the Roswell slides, there, you need a lot of extraordinary evidence to, to think that a humanoid's anything other than something from Earth. You know, you make a compelling argument here about the uh, sort of this. I don't know if I'd call it. I guess not really peer pressure, but sort of uh, the sociological aspect of it. You're absolutely right. You know, there are people who they're so immersed in this that they don't get, ever get any dissenting opinion that they don't already discount. You know what I mean? So absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and we're talking about everyday people here, not researchers or authors or stuff. We're just talking about everyday people that go to work. You know, but they're 
so immersed in this that, like you said, their their worldview is completely changed. What they think, what is, <laughs> they think their worldview is is how the world is, and it, we haven't proven that yet, at least as far as you know, aliens or any of this other stuff goes. And they're entitled to think so, but if demand people agree or they want to present it as the way things are, uh, that's unreasonable. You know, like, like it's unreasonable for a researcher to present a story and and expect people to accept it without question and without verification. And people shouldn't be respected that do so and researchers be respected that uh, you know expect us to um accept things without reasonable verification uh i think one of the the worst worst um perpetrators of that that, that just come to mind right off the bat is i i really got insulted over the years with the mutual ufo network and mufon claiming to conduct scientific study and if I were going to the hypnosis society or I were, you know, hanging out at, at a Fordian book reading club, I'd be a lot more um, accepting of, of their beliefs and, and their alternative ideas where when a nonprofit corporation that, you know, operates under the 501c3 IRS code claims to conduct scientific study and is presenting, you know, people like Paul Hellyer as an expert speaker, I, you know, personally, I, I have a problem with that, you know, as a writer, as an interested party, all the way around. Yeah, it's I you must be psychic, Jack, because I have MUFON in my notes here next uh, in the in the notes. So well done. Um, I want to talk about MUFON. I love the blog post at UFO Trail that uh, compares or I guess delves into the alleged or <laughs> hoped for or hyped up alliance between MUFON and, and Gaipan in France. And uh, yeah, and how you tried to find out more about it from MUFON. And they were like, hit the bricks, pal. Don't ask us about that. And then Guy Pan's like, yeah. hey, yeah, what do you want to know? And then Guy Pan, you know, just just a spoiler alert, Guy Pan's like, yeah, MUFON, they're, they're you know, they want to hang out, but they're, they're kind of, we just, we just let them think we're buddies, kind of. So that, that's yeah. the impression I got. But tell us, tell us this story, and, and then we'll get into sort of MUFON and, and, and what the hell is going on with MUFON. But please uh, elucidate this Guy Pan MUFON tale. Yeah, that that was a post I did a while back, and um, at, at two or three uh, symposiums ago, Mufine made an announcement that they were having a collaboration with Guy Pan, the the French um, organization agency that that would investigate aerial phenomena, and so. The next symposium was upcoming, and I thought, it's been a year, seems reasonable to ask what happened. And, and yeah, I, I basically got told to go to hell, you know. And, again, this is by a nonprofit corporation that we have every right to ask what you're doing with funds, where they go, what you're working on. And um, they want to be very vague responses and basically 
didn't tell me anything at all. Yeah. Then I contacted the guy pan director who was very, very friendly, open, um, didn't seem to have any problem discussing things. And uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically told me MUFON was trying to make it a bigger collaboration than it actually was. And that basically they were just agreeing to share some share some uh, reports as they <laughs> came around. And he he went ahead and he sent me some information for the blog post and some slides I could read and and share. And uh, yeah, it, it 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 did not endear me further with these people at the Mutual UFO Network, no. I can imagine. I can imagine. That was uh, fantastic reporting, sir. Just fantastic stuff. Well, I absolutely, <laughs> absolutely loved it. It shows so much of what really is going on here. Uh, and, you know, I was, I, it means me even more because I've been obsessed with this French conference they had last year that only like a couple of Americans even got invited to. And you notice there wasn't any MUFON representation there either. Uh, what What do you think is... I don't know what to make of this MUFON anymore. Uh, I feel like it's kind of like consuming itself almost, if that makes any sense. It's like a bureaucracy unto itself. Uh, it's lost its way, you know. It really, uh, and yeah. it feels also like it's kind of, it's it's like locked into this sort of like Boy Scouts of America Netflix kind of model where people are paying a certain, I don't know what they're paying for their dues, but they're probably only really getting like the newsletter or something. You know, and they just keep subscribing forever. So they have this huge like base of people that half of them maybe don't even know they're <laughs> even a part of MUFON anymore. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, in fairness to them, I would have to say I haven't attended one of their events in in a couple years or longer. So I'm really not qualified to say what they're doing here locally or at the. Uh, the international symposium only by you know what i read or see online i i do feel qualified though to go ahead and say that again if you claim to conduct scientific study it's pretty easy to tell whether you do or not and i would challenge anyone to be able to present me i i mean what two three maybe scientific studies conducted by MUFON, or, or let me put it this way, I'm really confident in saying I think that the Falderall um, is way disproportionate to any scientific work that could be demonstrated that organization has conducted or is in the process of even. It's... Uh, very disappointing. And again, if they didn't claim to conduct scientific study, you know, if it were just a um, organization for people interested in possible aliens to get together and discuss their ideas, well, more power to them. But they, they claim to have a whole scientific infrastructure and, and volunteers. And if they do, they certainly don't seem to be I'm publishing anything. much, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. I, I Anything. Have... <laughs> yeah. You left me uh, flummoxed there for a moment. I'd never heard the word fall 
falderall. I actually had to Google that while you were. That's a fantastic word. <laughs> falderall. That's going to be part of my lexicon now. Thank you. And it, it is that's all. That's an oldie. Yeah, that's an oldie but a goodie, man. And it is all falderall. Uh, we, you know, we look at the MUFON thing. They should be, by all rights, uh, you know, they seem to have like inherited this throne as, I guess, the national UFO organization here in America. And it's like they're completely impotent. You know, that's the real tragedy of it all, if you really think about it. And I think you and I, you know, we talked about the betrayal earlier. I think we're coming at this like, I don't hate MUFON, man. Like, I want MUFON to be a powerhouse. I want MUFON to be as taken right. seriously as, as the Green Party, man. But they're not. Something's wrong here. And I think there's a lot of problems and, inside MUFON that are, that are a big part of it, not just some kind of outside yeah. thing. They're not being held down by the man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they do have some, some people here and there that do some good work. I mean, I've seen some decent presentations. I'd even say some good presentations at, at Florida MUFON. I, I know that they have some competent, um, film experts that, that have presented some good stuff occasionally, but if someone were to arrive at, at the opinion, like you said, that, that they're they're just empty, um, I, I'd have a tough time convincing them otherwise. Uh, a point I'd kind of like to touch on too, you know, as we discuss all of these kind of things, is I think it's important. I, I feel like sometimes, anyway, for me to clarify to people, I don't have a degree, so. I mean, I'm not a person that's qualified in a hard science to, to call people out or to contribute research. And I think it's important for me to point that out because I'd like it to be encouraging to people like me that, that are not formally educated to understand you don't have to be to read papers that are authored by scientists or to conduct your own research or to ask people the tough questions. I mean, none of that requires a degree to read material that's relevant to, to the things you're interested in. Exactly. It's not rocket science, it's just UFOs. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, right. Well, the thing to, to, to I, I, I applaud you for that, man, and you're right, you know? Everybody has the right to ask these questions because this is an important topic if what these people are saying is true. You know, it's like, People, you know, people are coming at us with uh, tales of aliens coming to the planet and the government being in cahoots and stuff. It's like, well, you really got to prove this, dude. I'm not going to just uh, sign up for your newsletter immediately. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. who's, you know, to, to I mean, who's driving the ship at MUFON? Do they have, like, a national sort of agenda? Do they have a plan or anything? I mean, what's their... That's what, that's, what, that's what confuses me in a big way, you know? It's like, like I said, they seem impotent. They seem like they're wandering aimlessly, you know? I don't know if it's just, I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> but who's driving the ship over there? Do they have any sort of, like, any sort of, like, leadership plan? A, I mean, they look, have a board of directors, and as you said, it's it's had turmoil over the years. They've, they've had... Uh, um, problems. Uh, there was, you know, the big Robert Bigelow problem, mm. you know, with the, the star team and um, something that, you know, I, it always just amazed me didn't, didn't get more interest from the UFO community than it did. But uh, James Carrion 
accused uh, Mr. Bigelow of moving funds for undisclosed sponsors that he only revealed to John Schusler, another MUFON board member, and not the rest of the board. And I, I just found it fascinating that nobody really cared. Like, whatever, you got any aliens, mm. you know? And I just find that fascinating that a, a nonprofit corporation is called out by the director of moving funds around for an undisclosed sponsor, and uh, it, nobody really seemed particularly concerned about that. And, you, you know, uh, George Hansen, in, in his excellent book, The Trickster, he, he has a chapter on um, interference, what we might call interference or, or uh, government interest in UFO groups. and he he noted that you know it's it's really amazing more people aren't interested in it, considering how much of it there is and um i i agree with that but i i don't know man back to your original question i don't know what's happening at mufon these days <laughs> they uh they they don't like to answer my questions and i got kind of tired of asking them you know of the the upper leadership like uh, back when um, Mr. McDonald, Dave McDonald, was the director, I had asked him uh, early on what what he was interested in achieving, and and he he corresponded with me, and I I made a blog post about it, and one of the things I was concerned about, and shortly after that was um, their southern california chapter that their current director um mr harzen came out of um was inviting uh dr david jacobs to speak at the uh at, at la mufon and i asked mr mcdonald if he would comment on um how how an organization that claims to you know promote and represent scientific study could allow um, a hypnot you know, a person that's not even not even certified that does hypnosis and you, you know, the whole David Jacobs <laughs> in the woods bit. And I so I asked that, him yeah. to c comment on that and he said something to the effect of uh they they allow any type of investigation to be explored and y you know, then I came back with well you know what dictionary are you using i i mean that's not that's not defined by the scientific community as investigation yeah. you know and again if, if it were the mutual um hypnosis society fine but you know i mean so i i've always felt like i i largely got a run around from active move on personnel um but again, I would say at, at more local levels, even some of some of the people in in higher positions, I couldn't say that they're insincere, and 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 certainly some of them have have the degree and the qualifications to know science study, but we're just not seeing it. That that's the bottom line. We're just not seeing it. And unlike you, I could get on get in their corner and cheer them on. But not when not when they're inviting David Jacobs to 
explain to me what's going on now. Right, exactly. Uh, let me see. What, oh, I know what I wanted to ask you about here, because I had never even heard of this story before. This is within the MUFON realm. Uh, and I know you talked about it on on, uh, on Jeff Ritzman's program, uh, Paranormal Waypoint, back in the day. But I really I want you to share this story here on our show because I want to kind of like for the record for the <laughs> for the history books of this insane field, uh, especially because I'd never even heard of this. This is this whole Carpenter affair. Um, yeah, you know, it goes to show yeah. you folks the the level of uh, how things are kind of covered up in this field in this field that fights the cover up. Things are covered up, and uh, I, I've been in this for over ten years, and I'd never even heard of this story, uh, the Carpenter affair, till I read it on UFO Trail. So I know a lot of the old timers in the field, probably who were around the '80s and the '90s, have heard about it or went lived through it or whatever, and uh, and may remember it. But those of us who came along, you know, in the new millennium. Uh, this is news yeah. to me and probably some other folks. So tell this story, the Carpenter Affair. Yeah, the irony is something, a, a field that, that demands disclosure. Yeah. Um, and like you say, the old-timers heard you say Carpenter Affair, and they're going, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have probably heard of Leah Haley. She was... Uh, a possible alien abductee, and um, early on, she contacted Bud Hopkins. And when she first contacted Bud, it was because she had a memory of a UFO sighting with um, short-term amnesia or missing time from her childhood. And Hopkins referred her to a man named John Carpenter that was in Missouri, and he was a social worker and a hypnotist and um, became the MUFON director of abduction research during the 1990s. And she is just one of what became 140 people that he shared information from their abductee case files with Robert Bigelow and at that time the, the NIDS, the National Institutes of Discovery Science, I think was what that stood for, and did so without their knowledge or consent. And um, I've emailed Mr. Carpenter a few times and in his defense he has been willing to discuss it and answer the questions about it. Um, I've never been able to get Mr. Bigelow to want to discuss it or to be willing to talk about it. Um, Mr. Schusler, that was the um, director of MUFON at the time, has never responded to my inquiries about it either. Um, John Carpenter does not say that he sold the files. He doesn't. That's what he was accused of, and he doesn't like to term it that. He says that he shared information with scientists that were willing to look at the the material and that he was um, compensated for his time and expenses and reimbursed. Right, right. Other he's, like, people, he's, kinda like, he's, he's kinda saying he was like compensated in a roundabout way. He's like I you know, I share the files, but I wasn't getting the money for the and, files. I was getting I, the money and for And I got paid. Yeah, yeah, and right, and I kept the originals so I didn't sell them. 
And, you know, I wrote, I, he, he's entitled to describe his uh, activities any way he chooses, but I can certainly understand why people would call that selling the files. Hmm. And, um, yeah, basically what it comes down to is Mr. Carpenter gave Robert Bigelow and the, the board at NIDS access to the files of 140 um, abductees that he had worked with while director of, you know, MUFON's, heading up MUFON's abduction research. Mm-hmm. And MUFON wasn't going to even comment on it, wasn't going to investigate it. A researcher named Gary Hart took the story and ran with it around the turn of the century. And that eventually resulted in um, filing a formal complaint with MUFON as well as the state of Missouri against uh, Mr. Carpenter's license as a social worker. And following that, um, Carpenter resigned from his position and um, the state of Missouri put his license on uh, a five-year probation period that he successfully completed. And um, as far as I know, a lot of the 140 possible abductees never did know it happened. MUFON certainly never, um, to the best of my knowledge, have discussed it publicly. As a matter of fact, when he resigned, he was, Mr. Schusler wrote in the um, journal how, how much they'd miss him and how much they had appreciated his work. And um, it's... Uh, a very concerning story on a number of levels. Um, you know, uh, uh, informed consent, uh, a lot of research subject protections come to mind. Um, I, I uh, asked uh, Colonel John Alexander to please comment because he was a staff member for Mr. Bigelow at the time, and I asked him to comment on uh, whatever he might be at liberty to share about it. I asked him about uh, the Mr. Bigelow moving funds around, as, as James Carrion had asserted, and I asked uh, Colonel Alexander if he could uh, please comment on why Bob Bigelow and his board might have ever wanted to finance, you know, what really amounted John Carpenter's uh, activities into, you know, hypnotizing people and having them think that they uh, were alien abductees and my labs and all this stuff. And and Colonel Alexander just replied that I should ask Bigelow if I had questions about the past. And I can appreciate that to an extent. Yeah. But it's not like I'm asking a person to tell me about a third party. I, I'm asking about you were there and you were employed. And, and Colonel Alexander even confirmed on UFO updates list at the time that had indeed taken place. So it, it's not like I'm just asking, you know, what your opinion is about somebody. But right, right, right. As I understand it, they have the non-disclosure agreements and, you know, all that stuff to be involved with uh, Mr. Bigelow. But there were a lot of problems in the Carpenter affair, a lot of legitimate questions that were never answered. Um, 
Well, it's, Gosh, it's, it where to even begin, you know? Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a real mess, uh, and and it's amazing that you know it, people don't even know about it nowadays uh, in ufology and stuff. It's it's sad. Uh, it really is. <laughs> they, the nature. No, of I'd imagine I'd imagine you could ask uh, the MUFON board of directors and find people that wouldn't know what it was. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Wouldn't well, it connects to. It connects to the story that was uh, blowing up uh, a few months ago, which was like uh, that that there was sharing going on amongst the big time uh, abduction researchers of files and stuff. The uh, I guess we'll call them allegations. Yeah. You know, I don't know exactly the right wording for that, but that that was the the scuttlebutt, the 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 argument, the debate, or whatever. Um, you know, and it, it just goes to show you that this seems to be something that's been going on for a while. And I mentioned this a long, long, long time ago on the show, and it's like a really sad. Uh, I don't know, it's a really sad sort of observation about the field and everything where it's like people who have these experiences and stuff to a certain amount, to a certain like mindset of people um, those experiences go from human beings to like specimens to be studied and their humanity is right. like stripped away from them and they just become they just become pawns sort of uh, to be studied and examined by by these by these folks who uh, who want to get to the bottom of this, I don't even know. I don't know why they do it, but it's you know what I mean. I, I think, me? yeah, I don't. I do. I know exactly what you mean, and I think there's a lot of different motives, a lot of different agendas. One of the the things I definitely drew out of the Carpenter affair, while while you know delving into it for what turned into years, was. Um, one of the things we can think about that is that he had a vested financial interest in um, the the people he was working with having fantastic stories. I, I mean, that that would be at least that could be one thing we could we could question if he had a financial interest because if he's sharing these files and he's getting for these files, and one figure I was given was about fourteen thousand dollars for these hundred and forty files. Jeez. And um, and Mr. Carpenter acknowledged that he was paid several times over a a a period of time as he shared information with NIDS. And again, what what he would try to what he communicated to me is he didn't the people would really mind him sharing it or he wasn't telling them anything about Leah Haley she wasn't talking about in public anyway and you, you know that that's not the issue especially from a professional research perspective and human research subject protection hmm. but again if if he's sharing these files and he's getting paid for them one could pretty reasonably suspect that that he uh, a file where somebody says no i'm just not i'm just not feeling anything john isn't going to be worth a lot of money you know yeah uh you, you know what i'm saying like you know i'm going to count you down from 10 and tell me what you got you you know you got bug-eyed creatures there with scalpels no no i'm just just not seeing it 
Well, I mean, I don't think that one's going to go in, in the pot, you know. So it, it <laughs> seems to me, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so these guys, and especially authors that are trying to um, get get book deals. And uh, yet another thing, the Carpenter Affair involved was he he was um, marketing the the regression tapes and. So of course, I mean that's not going to be of value if if it doesn't contain sensational content. Mm. And so my point with that, and and you know, thanks for letting me get get this out, is Fire away. that uh, the investigator has a financial interest in in where the investigation is going, and we see that again and again and again. Right, because they. Maybe not in this instance, but in a larger sense, I guess, uh, there's like a motivation here in the field. It's two, there's like two prongs. There's two goats you have to feed. There's like uh, the science goat trying to figure this out. And there's the entertainment goat. And I think the mm-hmm. entertainment is uh, has overtaken the field where it's like you have to keep feeding the masses this UFO stuff. You have to keep regurgitating it and reinventing it. In order to, uh, I I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like in Mufon's defense, for example, the the train is moving so fast out of control down the tracks now that that they would have to take a major hit to say, okay, we're only bringing up guys that are actually scientific and can tell us what what we got. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, I mean, people aren't going to fly to Vegas to hear that. <laughs> because, you know, we largely don't have anything. Like, one of my contacts told me once, you know, a, a retired chemical engineer said, well, you know, what we know about UFOs, you could fit on a postcard. You right, know? right. So, right. In, in MUFON's defense, it's tough to... to uh, They'd have to bite the financial bullet to stop stop bringing ticket draws. Exactly. Know. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I love uh, I love and respect Dr. Tyler Coke, John. But if uh, someone offered me the chance to promote an event, gave me the venue, and I could just reap all the benefits of doing an event with Tyler Coke, John, or an event with David Ike, I'm sorry, Tyler, but I would have to go with <laughs> go with David Ike because at least uh, you know, then I'd be able to pay off my mortgage. Yeah, yeah, and and I I think that's what we're seeing in Mexico City. If if these guys had shrugged their shoulders and said, "Huh, that's a kind of interesting picture there," I'll I'll put it on my blog and ask the you know anthropologists and archaeologists to take a shot at it, and I'll say, you know, looks looks kind of weird to me, you know, and what do y'all think? Well, that that doesn't fill a ten thousand seat stadium, you exactly. know. I mean, <laughs> exactly. You know, right. so if my goal was to make money, that would be <laughs> the choice is simple. If the goal was to try and figure this out, then then it's the opposite, you know. Then then put on Tyler, man, and put on you know the the, the few of us who are actually trying to get to the bottom of this. You know, I feel like there's right. It's. And I hate to put it on like the the fandom, if you if to even use that uh, expression, or or the, uh, the the in the old time term, the UFO buffs. I hate to put it on the UFO buffs, but it's like 
listen, man, do you really want to figure this out or do you just want to be titillated? And I think that there's a large segment of the audience that just wants to be titillated. They don't care about trying to figure it out. So they'll hear the same story for the 50th time, maybe with some new little wrinkle at the very end where it's like, and I always oh, we just found this document or we just heard this thing recently, you know, and it's like, oh, man. And they get retitillated, but it's like, what are we, what are we doing? Are you trying to figure this out, or you just want to, you just want to hear, hear Rendlesham again? I, I completely agree with you there, and that's exactly why I have not been to a MUFON event in, in years now. I took some responsibility for um, boycott the things that I don't want to financially. Or, or you know, support otherwise. I, I don't want to um, encourage more of same. So I'm not gonna, not gonna be a member of MUFON. I'm not gonna send them my money. I'm, I'm not gonna uh, pay for their speakers. Or, and I, I think that's important because, absolutely, it, it will, um, it will continue as long as we enable it. And so I took responsibility not to financially or uh, morally support organizations that I don't think are worthy of of my support and my interest and or others for that matter. And you know we are the funders. When it comes right down to it, uh, we we are the funding entity. Mm. And if if we don't like what we're seeing we we should withdraw that financial support exactly well that's what i mean when i said you know i don't like to put it on the uh the ufo buffs but at the end of the day they are the uh they are the the drivers of the machine you know and it's like geez guys what do you <laughs> what do you really want um well i don't want to forget this question that uh Sue Johnson in the chat room asks because it'll it'll fall away as we keep going. So let me get this in now. Okay. We're kind of at the hour mark. It'll be a nice little break in the action here. She wants to know. Uh, she's interested in hearing about any weird experiences you may have had. Oh, Sue, that's nice of you to ask. Um, it was. I did have a sighting as a child, or at least I remember it that way. Um, I feel like prefacing this with, with a bit of a disclaimer that one of the reasons that I've come to, to write less and talk less about myself and uh, my any weird experiences I may have had is what we were talking about earlier, that people try to tell me what did and didn't happen, and, and both I've been on both sides of it. I've had people telling me that, you know, memory will fail you, and I need to, to look into false memories, and I've had people on the other hand telling me, you know, that I was, uh, I I'm certainly have, have seen the aliens that are here. Mm. And I, uh, you know, and I mean that metaphorically, that, you know, you've you had a UFO sighting, and then, you know, get in our camp, and I feel like I'm getting pulled on each arm to to go to the the debunkers or the believers side. But um, yeah, I had a sighting when I was a child. I don't know what it was. Um, that's pretty much all I really can say about it. I uh, 
in more recent time, I lived in a house in Central Florida that is kind of a funky story. Um, I had uh, kids at home at the time, and they used to talk about seeing this old lady, and I never really, you know, gave it much mind. And uh, then one night, I had come from the grocery store, and I was walking in the house, and it was an old Florida wood frame house, and um, I was coming in the house, and I saw this lady, I thought, standing in the yard. And I I felt like she looked confused, and I felt like she was really old, and that she was dressed um, inappropriately, like in old stuff. And like I I worded it that way because I thought it was um, my first thought was someone's wandered off from from some kind of care facility, and I need to set these groceries down and, and speak to her. So I set them down, I turned around, and nobody was there. And um, I, I don't have an explanation for that. Could I tell you what I did or didn't see? No. Um, but the reason I started it with the kids used to say they had seen an old lady is um, sometime later, I, I as I mentioned earlier, I've been in the music business, and I was playing a gig and I was giving out cards that had my address on it and a man took the card and he told me that he used to live at that home and that he grew up in it and, you know, to cut to the chase, he told me that it was haunted and that his mom, you know, hung around and that she'd be really pleased the musician was there, yada, yada. But, you know, I don't know. You know, strange things happen. I don't know what that does or doesn't mean. I don't have any idea. But thanks for the question, Sue. Yeah, that's cool. I wish I could have something like that happen. Sounds like, uh, you know, didn't freak you out enough that <laughs> your life's ruined, so you're you're all right. It's just a cool... Uh, no, no. It, it, it was like... Um, Wow, I must not have seen anybody, but then I'm standing there looking with the groceries set down, so obviously I thought I did, you know, it it was a weird feeling, yeah, it was a strange feeling. That's pretty cool. Um, All right, well, you know, we're at the halfway point, let me see what we got in the notes here. I feel like we kind of touched on the David Jacobs thing a little bit, and I, I laughed uproariously when you mentioned uh, the Emma Woods affair because it's just such a scandal that, um, you know, we're one of the few programs that even talk about it, and which is amazing in a in a way. Uh, it, I, I'm just fascinated by that more than anything, you know, that that they don't, they being sort of like mainstream ufology, doesn't want to, I guess, acknowledge the broader picture that abduction abduction research is a wasteland now, you know? It's like, that's, that's yeah. real... I mean, if we move beyond the, the scandalousness of the Emma Woods thing, um, which it was scandalous, of course, uh, and just look at the fact that John Mack's gone, Bud Hopkins is gone, David Jacobs is last of the big Titan researchers left, and now in, we're looking back at stuff in retrospect, and everything looks like garbage. So, it's like, it's way, where have we been the last 30 years? This thing has is a complete mess. So I guess give me your overall sort of thoughts on, on the state of abduction research and what we know now compared to maybe what you were thinking it was like when you got into it in the first place. 
Yeah, when I first got into it, I thought it was fascinating. Um, I thought that I was willing to be open-minded to attend Hopkins' presentations and listen. I thought I was open-minded to be willing to read Jacob's material. Um, I'm now much less trusting. I, I'm not sure that I accept their motives. I question some of the motives, um, particularly of David Jacobs after I've, I've pretty pretty extensively studied the Emma Woods case. And um, he simply did not conduct himself like someone that was sincerely concerned about her safety. And um, if you really believe that someone was being sexually molested on a regular basis by otherworldly beings, you you simply wouldn't conduct yourself the way that he did, in my opinion. I certainly wouldn't. Um, if I thought a person was being hurt by people, I I, I, I wouldn't just be right. calling them up and, and recording it, you mm. know. Um, I... I think it's a mess. I, I definitely think you're right about that. I I think that basically the abduction people, the, the hypnotherapists, the hypnotists, I think they went to hypnosis, relaxation techniques, whatever the hell they want to call it that yeah. amounts to telling people to close their eyes and, and confabulate. I think they went to that because they otherwise didn't have any evidence. And that's that's the main thing they did. And one of the again, one of the biggest problems I have with Dr. Jacobs' handling of the Emma Woods case is that um Temple University uh publicly anyway said that he didn't do anything wrong and said he was just collecting oral history. But Dr. Jacobs has told me during an interview, he, he stated on a number of occasions about collecting materials, having them tested. Um, we, we know that he, he just, you know, lost his mind with Emma Woods, the, you know, things he asked her to do and send him and, and talk about. And um, he, he was conducting research. He was trying to get materials. He was trying to uh, get the evidence that, that would validate his hypotheses, and he couldn't get it. And instead of changing those those theories, he just wasn't reporting that they were coming up empty, or he um, was failing to revise the hypothesis. And what we have, you know, you you were saying it's just a mess. Where are we at with it all? We've got a lot of fab, fabulous, fantastic stories, and and we don't have anything at all that that would give us a a real indication that there's anything extraterrestrial going on from the from the best as I can tell. Hmm. And again, I want to emphasize that I, I don't want to tell people what they did or did not experience. I don't know. But I, I think, for instance, Project Core is on the right track. And 
saying, Let, let's go back to square one here. What happened? Yeah, well, exactly. let's start with that. Yeah, exactly. And and when you go into an investigation, calling yourself an investigation of alien abduction, you, you've pretty much already tainted the well. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, good Lord. And, um... That that that's the that's the problem. That's one of the many problems. Um, that you know, with David Jacobs, there were concerns, of course, of ethics. And uh, even without the Emma Woods case, I did a three-part blog post in 2012 on his work. And um, even it, without the that, it, it just doesn't stand up to to critical inquiry hmm. and it, it, it's a mess like you're saying that's the bottom line it's a mess what are people experiencing i don't know um i i i don't know i i could i could name several things that that several explanations that would apply to some cases that that are you know pretty mundane that don't apply necessarily to all cases. Right. In, in order to 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 get a better handle on it, are any of the cases really um, a true unknown indicative of something we we don't know? Um, well, we're gonna have to to answer the the questions that Project Core is posing and um, figure out how to get more funding and ask the right questions not the wrong ones. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like the the whole... Well, actually, let me jump to this, because uh, you raised my eyebrows here a little bit, because uh, both in reading the UFO trail and tonight you mentioned it, because uh, I'm in here in Boston, and, you know, the, the Hill case is kind of like, you know, it's kind of like apocryphal here or something, you know? It's, it's sort of like you don't oh, really... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you don't really, like... You don't really uh, you give it the benefit of the doubt, I guess you could say. You, there's a bias here. Sure. But but uh, from reading the UFO trail and from what you said, there there, there are definitely some questions involved here uh, on how it all went down, and maybe it's not uh, the, the seminal alien abduction case after all. So talk a little bit about that and enlighten me to this, because you know I'll be honest, my blinders are on, so I just can't look at that stuff <laughs> so, without being like, oh no. You know, and just turning away. So tell me about it, uh, about what, what, what some of these problems are or, or uh, concerns, I guess you could say. Sure, sure. Um, I, I'm a bit skeptical about the Hill case. Um, again, you know, I could, I could put it this way, that if, if we want a fantastic conclusion, like, um, you know, doctors from the stars came and checked them out, We'd, we'd need a lot more conclusive evidence than we seem to currently have. Um, what do I think happened? Uh, probably most likely is, is that they're just confused. Um, that one of the things that I don't think people know a lot about is a significant amount of time passed between the event and when they ended up working with Dr. Simon. And they had a lot of time to talk about it in, in that amount of time. So 
when when they say, well, they separated the two of them and did the hypnosis separately, I'm not sure really how much weight that carries. I'm also just not confident in the process, uh, the hypnosis process, and people that present it as a pro-alien story often leave out that Dr. Simon never believed never indicated that he believed they were abducted by aliens. The hypnosis at the time was thought to be a treatment for trauma, and that that's what he was using it for. He, he wasn't trying to pull stories out of them. And, you know, there, there's some interesting aspects of it. Um, it there's writers like uh, Nick Redfern that, that seem pretty thoroughly convinced that it has to do with uh, CIA uh, interest in behavioral modification and, you know, the, the mind control research. Um, I think there are some interesting connections there. Um, uh, Boston, you, you might be aware, you know, Martin Ornay was a, uh, uh, worked at Harvard and and he was a consultant for MK Ultra and um, Dr. Simon worked at Harvard and uh, as well in, in the same time frame and at that exact point in time Martin Ornay was heading up a sub project on hypnosis um, and and Redfern as well has gone into uh, talking about some information on the author Fuller of the initial uh I believe it was the initial account of the Hill case and um Nick says that a lot of that could be called into question and and he he believes that uh if I understand his material correctly Nick is under the impression that that Fuller was um paid by uh, the powers that be to promote the story in the manner he did, and hmm. there's you know a lot of lot of lot of FOIA stuff yet to be done. I guess you know a lot of questions to be answered. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, I man. Yeah, it's a weird. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird. Uh, it's a weird story. That's for sure. It certainly is. It certainly is. And, you know, some people say, you know, the grandfather of alien abductions. And there's another camp that says the, the grandfather of, uh, uh, you know, uh, mind control experiments. Yeah, yeah, disinformation <laughs> you know? or something. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people on that topic say, well, why would they lead people to think this or that or the other? What purpose would it serve? And there's a few answers to that, but I think a, a, a better question for that is uh, along the lines of what happened to all of these, I mean, tens of thousands of people that we know were abused during these mind control projects and behavior modification projects. And it seems pretty likely to me that some of them could have become pretty confused and traumatized about what they thought happened to them. So whether you 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 want to pin it on the CIA and company as intentionally creating alien abduction 
I, it wouldn't seem like that big a stretch to me that some of these people that wander into alien abductee support groups and get such open-armed acceptance might have had other traumatic events actually befall them. You know? Oh, absolutely, what? yeah. That yeah. I think that's definitely the case. I mean, you talk about screened memories and stuff like that. It's like maybe it's because they're always like, you know, oh, they're they, they, the people can't remember or whatever. But it's like maybe maybe the screened memory is the action is the abduction part. You know, where it's like something actually really horrible mm-hmm. happened to you, but it makes you feel better to believe that an alien abducted you because <laughs> that way yeah. that way you yeah. weren't really being uh, tinkered with by black ops guys or something. Who knows? You know, uh, well, yeah. Well, the, and and, and and a lot of the the MO fits as well. I I mean, you know, since even the 1980s there were some some authors doing some pretty pretty thought provocative work on on you know that uh electronic uh electromagnetic fields can cause short-term amnesia and stuff like that and um if you have we've we've certainly seen that if you approach some of these MUFON folks with the symptoms they're they're gonna certainly tag you an alien abductee and um and and these so-called researchers so it's not that big a stretch to me that some people could have could have been uh been victimized or, or used in research projects without their knowledge and with fragmented memories from 20 years, 30 years, 40 years ago, hmm. well, were encouraged to believe they were alien abductees. That, that's not a stretch to me. Right, right. Well, it's part of a sort of a larger theme I noticed at uh, the UFO Trail, which is like ufology if you listen to sort of the mainstream history, let's say, of ufology, it's like they they never sort of want to um, consider the idea that any of these, like, big UFO events were some government thing. You know, it's always like the government's Mm -hmm. reacting. They never want to talk about the possibility that, that some of these things are staged by the government in order to, God knows what, you know, mess with the Russians or... Uh, mess yeah. with us, <laughs> you know. Who knows? Uh, float a story yeah. out there. All kinds of there's all kinds of reasons why they'd want to make a UFO event happen, and it's like that. Ufology never, rarely, let's say, rarely, uh, looks at it and goes, "Hey, wait a minute. Maybe what we think was an alien ship was actually the government doing has a, you know ha- with another idea." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you you saying that, it brings to mind the guy that'll jump up and yell, it wasn't anything that we have. We didn't have that kind of technology. And you're like, you know, and and, and wh- what are you, read into the most classified Air Force projects? You know, I mean, <laughs> how would you know? Yeah. You know, and uh, another thing, yeah, I think you're getting at is that when people read things, they don't read what's there. They read into it what they like to think it means or, or what what they suppose it means. And absolutely, you know, what you're saying about couldn't some of that been the government, I, I'll read people's work and their blogs and their books, and they'll do a pretty good job of citing 
you know, and the Air Force denied this, and the CIA, you know, refused this FOIA request. But then they, you know, and they'll piece together this pretty apparent government cover-up, and I'll think, what would lead you to believe that has anything to do with an alien? You know, I, I mean, wouldn't that be more indicative that that they know what it is and and they have their hand in it? You know, it it would seem to me that yeah, if the Air Force and the CIA and the FBI don't want to talk to you about what happened in 1961 with the Hills. I don't think we can read that that indicates aliens any more than we can read that it doesn't, mm. you know, or, or you, you see what I'm saying? I see exactly it, what you're saying. So, um, you know, the web page or whatever is just something that you guys do for fun. Do you have a, a real job? Well, that is our job. Oh. We don't technically get money for the hours we put in, but it is our job. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. How come you don't have any money? I thought you had a paper route. Well, I'm taking a sabbatical to focus on my pottery. Oh. How's that working out? Not good, Meg. Not good. Well, you yeah. you have a line in one of your posts where it says, uh, is the UFO cover-up more about leading certain people to believe there's a cover-up than there actually is one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, a masterful observation. It's like, but but you never hear that. <laughs> you again, you rarely hear that offered. You know, some of the folks that I talk to, you know, some of the folks that you talk to, the people that read your blog and stuff, the uh, you know, to steal a, a parlance from my friend Greg Bishop, you know, the excluded middle here in in this UFO field, we're talking about it, but you never hear it. <laughs> It's not part of, like, uh, some big UFO event, let's say. You know, there's no UFO conference. No one's making a presentation like famous UFO events that were probably the government uh, messing with us. You know, people don't want to hear Right. <laughs> no, no it, it's it's not not something that, that they find interesting. And, I mean, I don't know if we can, can pass through this subject without bringing up James Carry on again. I have a appreciated the the research he's conducted into the 1946-47 era and presented and um i i mean that's just something that that the investigators aren't doing they're they're just not going to the archives and pulling up the notes and the memos and clearly there was a deception operation taking place during the the ghost rocket fiasco and uh, it's his work has largely been ignored i mean you're you're right i mean uh i i think that one of the reasons that that he was shown the door at mufon or resigned you know amid a bunch of uh um toxic turmoil at that time he was investigating russian s and the the way that uh, the UFO community could have and in all likelihood, like Greg Bishop has shown, you know, was manipulated. And I I remember watching those presentations and and you could just hear a pin drop as he'd go through the stages of what he had shown because people were just like dumbfounded that I, I this wasn't this move on. I thought we were going to hear about aliens, you know, and he <laughs> yeah. was headed in a different direction with it. And, 
Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's an an int- I find that interesting. That is something I've become fascinated in is the intelligence community's involvement in it. And yeah, the point I wanted to get to is he he's written about how Carry On is written about like you you touched on. People generally don't have the slightest idea how intricate and involved a deception operation can become and uh the things that that the intelligence community will will do in order to execute situations and reach objectives that that we can't begin to even guess what they were almost you know by um, like one of the things that comes to mind, I enjoyed that movie Argo, that 2012 movie, because yeah, yeah. I I thought, wow, you just have no idea. Like if you had found out the CIA bought a script in L.A. about uh, uh, um, intergalactic war, you would never connect that to an exfiltration in Iran, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty so, crazy. Yeah, but... Absolutely. There's a lot of things in the sky, drones, um, all kinds of things now. There's no telling what all people are reporting, seeing. Yeah, well, it makes you wonder almost like if if, if a a larger percent of the UFO phenomenon was really like government machinations and it got hot and heavy as the Cold War was going on, but then as the Cold War was ending, it just kind of like spiraled out of control and that's why it got so sloppy at the end and how we know about stuff like Project Beta and things like that. It makes you wonder if that's really what... <laughs> and that's why we don't see much about UFOs anymore, because it's like, that was strictly a Cold War operation. Uh, you know, makes you wonder. I, I think so, yeah. I think you're right about that. I, um, I think I should also, again, though, emphasize doesn't mean that that people have experience have not experienced strange things hmm, right right um I just don't think they're connected to um extraterrestrial visitors i I think that in the forties and the fifties some deception operations were employed and I, I don't think that the powers that be even necessarily intended for it to take off like it did. But then different organizations and investigators did get involved, and, and they had different motives, as we've been discussing. They had every every reason to make it more about extraterrestrials than not. And um, I, I think you're right that... that there there was a lot of deception. It didn't necessarily have anything to do with extraterrestrials. And it caused the whatever phenomena may have actually been involved. Um, you know, like to try to, to make it a little more simple, I used to say I think the grades have been framed, you know. I, <laughs> exactly, I yeah. I was kind of thinking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, if maybe the aliens did show up in the 50s and 60s and were just so disgusted by how ridiculously the, you know, people used this all that they were like, ah, forget it. They're not ready for this. And left. Oh, yeah, man. Like, I thought about the the problems that, like, because of all that happened in the science fiction genre and all the runaway MUFON assumptions – 
if they were now to discover intelligent life on uh, you know revolving around a distant star that would almost be reason for a cover-up now because people would leap to unsubstantiated notion well there they are that's who's been common and and that <laughs> yeah, wouldn't exactly. necessarily be so you know so yeah yeah it it, it it's complicated it it's fascinating um absolutely hmm. yeah it's like who would want to be the alien when he landed and then they're like why are you abducting us man and then he'd be like i have no idea what you're talking about we haven't <laughs> no poor no one believe the poor guy so yeah yeah like absolutely like <laughs> you have the the extreme belief camp that, you know, every, every time there's a, a scientific article about another exoplanet's been found or something, they, they want to promote that as indicative of alien visitation. And one of the things I think that kind of parallels that is in the 1970s, um, you know, the the mind control camp, the targeted individuals, the people that think... Um, they have been victimized in these covert projects. They actually experienced disclosure. You know, in the 1970s, there was disclosure that CIA programs had been going on at a, a number of, you know, some 140 plus institutions. And that doesn't mean that everyone that claims something happened to them is right. You know, and I I think that we could kind of parallel that with if we had some kind of disclosure about uh, an alien visitation 10,000 years ago or uh, something else that, that, you know, like I was just using the, the thought of maybe finding life on a distant planet. Right. Um, that doesn't mean that... that you know, everything um, Stan Romanek said is true. Oh, you know? geez. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to find who's the right person for the analogy. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my God. Stan Romanek's the wrong person for everything. Uh, <laughs> that's a story. That is a wild. really... That's a really... Uh, unsettling story in a lot of ways i i i mean i don't even really want to get into sort of like like kind of like with the emma woods thing i really don't even want to get into the nuts and bolts of that case but i do find the uh the re the reaction of ufology to be troubling and unsettling in a lot of ways mm -hmm. um, there are far yeah. too many people that just uh leapt to to sort of a conspiratorial bent or immediately were like this is this is a grand conspiracy or we're like, we stand behind you. I said this on a previous show. Someone on Facebook was like, all of ufology stands behind you, Stan. I was like, dude, don't. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, shut your mouth, yeah. sir. Shut your mouth. Like, you're not. All of ufology does not stand behind Stan Romanek. I'm sorry, but this is crazy. Right. Talk, you know. Yeah, there, there's a lot of selective uh, interpretations. Um you know, that seems to kind of be the theme of our discussion. Like you touched on earlier, you know, the scuttlebutt about the researchers sharing information. And that, that was something I I delved into when 
um, it came out, you know, some of the, uh, the, um, the witnesses at Rendlesham had, had been concerned about, um, David Jacobs and Bud Hopkins and Colonel Holt and, and the lot, um, sharing information. And I did a, a blog post on that. And, um, Carol Rainey was, uh, open to my inquiries and assisted with that and I appreciated it and um yeah I mean we can pretty much conclusively show how um th this stuff is not treated carefully uh, stuff being the the files of the witnesses and the possible abductees and the tapes are shared and uh, there's information leaks and contamination of witnesses that are told what other witnesses are experiencing. And um, mm. then, then yeah, the, I, I get asked why I want to conduct character attacks. And it's like, I don't think I did. I think I was just demonstrating that they're uh they're not using proper release forms they're they're having trouble figuring out what's consent and what's not and um anything that that's uh perceived as not holding these icons and and you know priest like status hmm. is called a, a personal attack you know and and exactly, it's yeah. like if 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 some if some researcher says you know if uh, I, I feed all these people milk and their toenails grow faster and if you ask to see the results it's not character assassination that's asking to see the results right. it's not right I mean come on man it's not uh again it's not rocket science it's just UFOs I don't understand how right. <laughs> these people don't get it and you 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 uh, made a great point and I kind of uh, used it to segue just a bit into the into the Romanex stuff but. It's like what you're saying here, you know. Even if, even if like they find something, it, I worry about that in a sense because then you're right. There are going to be people in ufology that are like, they they could find a worm on Venus, and people in ufology would be right. like, "We were right all along." It's like, no, dude, what? Are Absolutely. You? And, and again, the UFO buffs who love to be titillated, they're going to come marching along for the ride. And uh, that's, yeah. that's a scary thought. It goes back to what I've said before on the show. I think I've said it on the show. I've certainly said it in, in conversation with people off the air. And that's just that I don't even know. There's a part of me, with the exception of people like that I really care about in the UFO field that have become friends, there's a part of me that's like, I don't even think ufology deserves to know the answer at this point. Uh, it hasn't done the work. Yeah. So why should it get to know the answer? It's like it's our job to figure it yeah. out. It's not our job to get the government to tell us. No, and and what makes us think that there's any anybody that knows? You know, I exactly. mean, um, we're we're almost asking about a negative. Like if if you could show me all of the cases, like if you went to the FBI and the CIA and the Department of Defense and said you can show us all the cases you fabricated and then we'll take the ones that are left. Well, then they'd still just have to shrug their shoulders and say, I don't know. How, how should I know what, what, you know, Hilda and Iowa saw? How, how should I know? Right. Um, the, it, it's, 
It's going to require money. It's going to require competent research and investigation, salaries. Um, and, and then, it, like we've said, it's going to require the right questions. And, you know, again, to touch on Project Core there, um, they, they, they posed some of the right questions at, at the end of that initial study. And that if you've got people that, that are claiming to have repeated experiences, then you, it, it's not as random as, as we sometimes think, you right. know, and there, there, there's various studies that could be done, but um, a lot of times the the researchers, the investigators, the icons that like the status quo, that don't want to point out the the inconsistencies and contradictions by David Jacobs and in the work of the late Bud Hopkins. Um, they they don't want to upset the status quo and they don't want to move on from their old theories and a lot of stuff could be done now there's new information there's new technology there's new new ways to test dna that that could be done that they're just not doing and and this doesn't require a 3 million dollar grant from MIT to to do some uh some basic follow-up that like, I don't know how David Jacobs tries to um, how he can even still try to sell us that that you know hybrids are breaking in people's houses and all of this and <laughs> yeah. um, I will call the police you know I mean get some forensics in there good grief you right know? I mean it, right. it, it's absurd yeah I think I made the point before on the show. You know, we've been uh, we've been using cows as as a food source and whatnot for centuries, and it's like at some point the cow is some cow has killed a person. So it's like if you reverse the equation, if all these aliens are messing with us all the time and we're just the dumb cow, at some point we should have gotten lucky by now and taken out an alien. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If, if it <laughs> were all I mean? nuts and bolts, absolutely. Well, that's they're, the thing too. Good. I mean, uh, I was thinking about this before we started talking. It, it, it's developed this way as we're talking. It's like this whole mystery is so confounding that you almost have to create this false framework, maybe false framework, but a straw man is the best way to put it, a straw man of the ETH in order just to even have a base to stand on to try and understand it. Do you know what I mean? And then and then it turns out we're probably, we very well could be wrong about the entire foundation we're standing on to try and figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a good analogy, and it, it's um, or a good description, and it's not just the intelligence community that that started it. It's not just people that misinterpreted, you know, sincerely misinterpreted what happened. It's not just hoaxers. It's not just insincere researchers. It, it's a combination of all of that, and. Um, maybe we're being visited by aliens. I just don't have any reason to believe that right now. Yeah. Um, sure, people present evidence. It's not conclusive evidence. 
and it, it could often be interpreted to be evident of a number of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's a tough, like yeah. we've said, yeah, it, it requires the right questions. And I think you're right that um, we we got taken down the ET path in the 40s and 50s and 60s for a lot of reasons by a lot of different people. And it appears from the chair I sit in to have been wrong. Mm -hmm. And people may be experiencing some things. I'm not altogether convinced that what people are experiencing in in their houses, in their bedrooms, out when they're driving on country roads, even has anything to do with what they think they're seeing in the sky sometimes. I'm, I'm not altogether convinced a connection has even been made between what we might call the UFO phenomenon and the abduction phenomenon. You know, I mean, there's a very small number of cases that the people actually think they saw a UFO and an entity at the same time, you know? Yeah, let me crack open this Red Bull, all right? I don't want to do it while you're chatting. This program's not brought to you by Red Bull, but it could be. So Red Bull, if you're listening, give me a call. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a, yeah, it's confounding. It's confusing. This whole field is a mess. Um, you know, I've kind of gotten out of it. I mean, I don't know if you've even noticed, but I really, uh, I very rarely do these UFO shows anymore because it seems like there's not much to talk about. So either I'm talking with my friends who are in ufology or, uh, you know, I'm talking with people I think that are doing really good work or both in the case of the guys from Project Core. Um you know, but it's like, where is, it, where is it going? It feels like it's like spinning. Fe- well, I, uh, I know somewhat where it's going in a sense because you've been in this a while. I've been in this for about almost a dozen years now, and uh, I was I got mixed up. I got sort of uh, brought in, you could say, uh, by the exopolitics movement um, at the turn uh-huh. of the century, and I just have found that to be fascinating. You talk about betrayal. It's like that's kind of uh, what shaped my arc on all this, you know, because when I, I, when I first got into this, I was like, Hey man, I didn't really, I mean, I had an interest as a child, but, uh, you know, then I, then I grew up and did stuff and, (laughs) you know, went to college and was too busy chasing tail and all that good stuff. So, uh, then I got out of college and I sort of took a fresh look at UFOs and everything. And I was like, Oh, they must be really close to getting to the bottom of this. They're doing stuff in DC. They're doing press conferences and then as as it, the more time went on, it was like, wait a minute, this is all a show. This is pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can certainly relate to that. I there were some people I respected and thought highly of that um, became very interested in Stephen Greer and um, were very impressed with Bud Hopkins and the way he conducted himself and. Um, Stan Friedman can be a, a likable guy, and and when he's not yelling at people, can present some pretty interesting stuff too sometimes. And if you dig a little deeper, if you say, well, you know, show me that memo. Uh, what else do you got? I mean, besides. The like the biggest problem I had with the exopolitics movement was these, you know, 
second, third hand story, somebody saw something. I, I don't have the name. Um, same with the a lot of the abduction people. We, we've got anonymous people that were hypnotized that you, you know are, aren't even going to be named in the book. And there's no way to follow up on it. Now, granted, some of the exit politics is interesting. You know, some of the people did come forward, do have credentials, are willing to give their firsthand account. But I certainly understand your point of view that, that you felt betrayed. And you, you see it on the news now and then, and you think, wow, this is really interesting. And, and then when you really get involved and you look at the people's websites and you go and you hear them speak and you see some of the some of the antics it, it can be very very concerning disappointing right. yeah and it's like i don't know if it says more about congress or more about the exopolitics folks but they seem to be the only people that have any faith in congress to do anything so yeah, they're the yeah. only people left to have faith in Congress to get anything done, and it's the UFO thing. It's like, dude, no one. What do you What are you going to Congress for? They're you know talking about MUFON being impotent, you know. And what's all that about? That like you're you're telling us that these people lied and were killing people and everything they could do to keep this secret for seventy years, and now if they said, okay, just kidding, we should believe them. You know, I mean, right, right. Like, like the very people that you you're telling us have orchestrated this dastardly cover up is who you demand to give you confirmation of something. Just doesn't make any sense at all. Doesn't make any. Right, right. It's. I feel like. I feel like maybe the. You know, I hate to. I hate to. I always try to offer solutions here on the show. You know, it's like. If, if if the amount of effort that was expended uh, pestering Congress about this was maybe turned around and aimed at pestering academia, maybe we'd have some yeah. maybe we'd have some traction there because it doesn't seem like you know this doesn't seem like, like well, this, yeah. this is, a, is, a, is a is a viable tactic let's say after a dozen years. Yeah, like I I did a blog post at one point where I was like. <clears throat> If the disclosure people were really concerned about disclosure, why would they be going after Congress to the extent they are and, and pestering the White House with all of these FOIA requests and whatnot instead of, like, going to Whitley Strieber that claims to have an implant in his ear? You know, like, shouldn't we, we want to get him talking to us or... Um, you know, at, back at that point in time, you know, Greer claimed to have an alien in a box and all of this crap. And yeah. um, so there's so many targets they, they, they could work with or want to work with. But instead, yeah, there seems to be a, a intent to keep the, the myth unsolvable, the story unsolvable. Mm-hmm. Um, ask people that won't answer instead of people that will. Um, that's a good I, point. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Ask people that you know won't answer instead of those that will. I like that. Yeah. Well, it's like I, the point I made with Tyler on the show uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was a, it was a rehash of a previous point that we had sort of beaten to death. But it bears mentioning. It's like it's these people that say they're hybrids and stuff. There's 
there's <laughs> medical ways to to prove that. So if you're a hybrid, why don't you prove it? And it's you know it doesn't make any sense. That's I mean, true. and if you're Mufon or Steve Bassett and the ExoPolitics folks, you know you want Congress to listen. Genetically prove you've got a hybrid. Do the work. Yeah. Do the work. I, I'm. It's difficult for me to to see anything. Um, to conclude from that other than they're afraid it won't work. Mm-hmm. Um, because, right, that that's a better example, you know, than, than Mr. Streber is we have people getting on the radio claiming to be breeders, you know. We, we've got people claiming to be abducted, to have been used in, in uh, placing embryos in their bodies, claiming to... Be the 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 you know like you say a a hybrid being themselves, and yeah, I, I did a post where I asked Barbara Lamb about that, and you know had in, she claims to personally know some, and I I asked you know any any independent third parties done any work on that, and, and she told me she was busy. Busy was why she didn't have time to talk about that, and um, too busy to change I, the I world. Mean, what, do you, what do you say to that, man? What do you say to that? Too busy to change the world, I guess. You know, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't make I mean, any sense. people. Yeah. People should certainly empathize, if nothing else, with why I I've come to be very doubtful of the whole the whole. Uh, extraterrestrial um what do we want to call it uh mythos sure sure <laughs> that, that's as, as apt as any um, well you know something it's it's less a hypothesis nowadays than it is a mythos because i don't see anyone trying to prove that uh, you know it doesn't a hypothesis require scientific investigation isn't that the whole point of a hypothesis yeah absolutely and you know that's another thing that that you know like you mentioned dr coke john that many people have competently pointed out is that they're not making any effort to either falsify or validate their hypothesis and you know, absolutely. You you could you could conduct forensic experiments. You you at the the scenes of the crime. You could test the people that claim they're hybrids. You could um, you you can do you know these people that claim to have had a, a fetus disappear. That that can still be seen for, as I understand it, years and years after the fact. With with just a, a blood draw can tell um, significant information about such circumstances now, and they've definitely um, had science past the mystery of their their claims you know in the 80s and the 90s these things couldn't be checked and they can now and they're not checking them right and you know one of the 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 big problems like david jacobs has been in recent years like in an interview i did with him in 2012 and as i understand it in some of his recent presentations he he is now presenting the notion that these hybrids made by the aliens are so much like humans that 
they virtually can't be told apart. And, um, you know, I have a couple problems with that. One, of, you know, besides the obvious that, like, well, you haven't examined one, so how would you know that? <laughs> uh, another problem, you know, like, l- let's verify they exist before we discuss their their physical makeup. But a- another problem I'd have with it is um, how old are they? You know, like, like this this wave of hybrids that are just like people, if they're even 20 or 30 years old, well, then that would mean since you started writing about this stuff. So how'd you miss it all this time? And, you know, there's just so many problems with with these crazy, unfalsifiable ideas that are being put forth that um, I, I don't really know where somebody's going to head with it from here. I think that's why they're not, that, that, you know, there don't seem to be younger people coming in trying to take the torch and go with it. Um, You mean abduction research or ufology? Yeah, yeah, abduction research mostly. Yeah, it's Um, Hopefully, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to falsify these hypotheses. And they're they're clearly not interested in trying, and um, you'd think they would be jumping at the chance to validate um, what they've claimed for decades has been going on. And for them not to be willing to even try, it certainly should be considered suspect, you know, at the least. At the least. If you're talking about a lady yeah. who thinks that her baby was taken from her, and you don't do go the extra mile to do like the testing or whatever, and you just kind of encourage that idea, then that makes you kind of a, a, a pretty messed up individual. Do you know what I mean? It's like, why would you do that to someone? And, and, you know, who I hold most responsible for stuff like that are the so-called investigators that like, I can kind of empathize with witnesses that, you know, they they went to a, a presentation and they met some people and they ended up in meetings and, they, you know, maybe they got with a hypnotherapist and all this stuff. And whatever did happen to them is, is, is you know, just adding insult to injury as now they're traumatized further by being called out and called liars or hoaxers or whatever. And uh, the the people I really resent about that are the ones that that took them and uh, encouraged them, encouraged that story and, and saw benefit in having this entourage of alleged hybrids around them and whatnot. And yeah. um, I, I have a lot of problems with that from an ethics point of view. And um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a there's a real ethics problem in ufology. That's a, <laughs> That's, that's yeah. a, you know, well, I guess abduction research more so than ufology, but ufology has a lot of issues in and of itself. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, sure. We're nearing the end here, so uh, do you mind going a little bit over the uh, couple hours? Because I feel like... We're... I do not. All right, I this is a real not. firecracker of a show. I'm having a great time, and I feel like, I, I feel like, I, it's like, I feel like my brain is exercising talking to you tonight on the show, so I'm really enjoying the uh, conversation. Did you uh, ever get a copy of the Bill Moore 89 speech? 
I did get a copy of that. I sure did. I uh, I managed to get it on DVD oh. and um, uh, have watched it, and I, uh, I I find it very interesting. I enjoy it a lot. I, there's also a on that same DVD a presentation by another gentleman, Bill English, that. Um, Boy, those were the days, weren't they? They uh they they were just shooting from the hip with both guns about aliens and spooks and disinformation and um it, it was the the wild west of info and disinfo at that time for sure. I, I think it's a fascinating fascinating time in ufology. Yeah, it's a remarkable era, that's for sure. Uh, and he took the words right out of my mouth because I was going to call it the Wild West because that's definitely what, <laughs> definitely what it was. The whole like aviary era was uh, pretty amazing. And uh, those people are still a lot. Of, I mean, obviously, some of them from the aviary are still, uh, you know, they're still kind of big time players in the field. And there's some that are on the periphery still that are like, you really kind of want to know what, what uh, you want to hear from them today. You know what I mean? I'd love to know what, what yeah. I'd love to hear an interview with Bill Moore and find out what, because <laughs> I'm sure then, you yeah. know, talk about titillating. I'm sure you'd get some insights there that no one had ever heard before uh, about what was really going on back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, it, it is interesting. Uh, I'm not sure how much we'd, we'd know, you know, as compared to we just know what they tell us. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it. It would still be interesting to hear. Um, uh, I one of the things I enjoyed about about the the video presentation was you're able to to hear the people yelling in the audience, mm. and um, they were suffice it to say they were quite unhappy with with Bill Moore casting doubt upon the the alien bases underground and all of this stuff. And, um, yeah, it, it's a fascinating, fascinating chain of events. And, um, well, I, I've got, my, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. I've got my doubts about even in the intelligence community, how many of them saw the, uh, the, the, the lid of the puzzle box, as compared to are just told to do this or told to do that and um, don't know why, might not really even care, you know. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. It, it's really an interesting cultural phenomenon at this point. And, you know, is, is there anybody anywhere that really could tell us what the hell happened, you know, between like 1960 and 1990 in the, the UFO field, you know? Oh, I, I don't yeah. know that there is. Right, exactly, because <laughs> it's, it's such a mess. It's like, it's like a ball of Christmas lights uh, coming out of the attic, and then... You don't even know, you're talking about generations now have passed, so people that were mucking about with all this stuff like in the 50s and 60s are either long gone or, or barely talking, and the next generation, it was so it was so well covered up and concealed and sort of like twisted and into all these, you know, knots and everything, that the next generation probably has no idea what, what's going on, so it's, uh, right to turn to the right. government and expect them to tell us anything is like, it, it is, is foolhardy in a lot of ways, I think. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to have to, at this point, be given the same scrutiny as we give anybody else. It, it's going to take a lot more than just a spokesperson taking the podium and explaining something. I mean, we're going to need to see verification and um, evidence available for public review and all of that. Yeah. Um, it, just like with anybody else. I mean, if I, you know, far be it for me to make uh, predictions, but if I if I could sort of foresee, if there was ever going to be like any situation where things changed, it could definitely be, I feel, uh, a situation where they just, like you said earlier, you know, they're like, oh, we found a, we found life on another planet, but it's just little life, you know, sort of like wean us off, wean us off this UFO mythos, the ETH mythos, and then sort of rebuild into whatever the hell the reality is, if there is a reality of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it doesn't seem like it'd be the strangest thing in the world if they find bacteria on one of Jupiter's moons or something like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's. It appears to me that's a matter of time. Exactly. I, I don't know if it'll be in ten or twenty years, like they're saying, but I, I don't. It's tough to imagine it's not at some point in time. I'd even have a hard time imagining there's not intelligent life out there somewhere. Um, I I don't know. Well, you know, you know I, I, it's interesting in a sense, too, because we've talked about this for a while on the show. It's like there's the old uh, sort of idea that once, you know, assuming or whatever, uh, if or when or whatever, again, uh, <laughs> disclosure happens. In the in the in the uh, scenario that disclosure happens, that ufology dies essentially. Um, that could possibly happen even if they did just say they found a worm on Venus. You know what I mean? Because then it would be like, okay, yeah. put the toys down, because we know there's life out there. Let's go find it or whatever, um, and stop worrying about these silly alien stories we've been talking about for generations. Because now we know for sure there's life out there. Maybe there'll be like a, a rush. To uh, to get out there and find better life, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another scenario that that's similar that that kind of reminds me of is as as you know, it just falls the culture, whatever. You know, people aren't talking about um, spaceships taking them on their camping trips anymore, and it just you know just stops being promoted. Yet. People like you know some, I know some, we're, we've been friends with, are friends with, that have these, you know, something weird happen stories. Um, as, as that might become studied more in parapsychology circles or um, psychology circles or something might happen, that it just becomes a different name. Hmm. Um that that it's just a matter of context, like whatever has been going on, if there is an actual phenomena at the core of it, certainly didn't begin in 1947. Exactly. And it's going to do what it does or doesn't do, whether we call it a UFO or, or an alien abduction or not. And I wonder how culture will notice, you know, like I've often... Go ahead. You can wrap it up. You've often. I've often. 
Yeah, I've often thought that this, you know, it's kind of comparable to the witch trials and just a big misunderstanding and, you know, the governing body had reasons to promote it and, you know, it's, yeah, I, yeah. I, it could be viewed a lot of ways as things continue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're about to lose the live audience. So I want to thank all the folks in the chat room. You started out quiet, but then you got rocking, and I appreciate that. Sue Johnson, Vamp Elvis, Kimberly Reck, Lemberg, Alfred Lemberg, our mutual friend, was uh, in there in the chat room as well. Uh, all right. Yeah, my buddy Chris Pinio, uh was there. So thanks to those folks in the chat room. Thanks to all the folks who tuned in live. Uh, be sure to grab the MP3 from Banal of America. It'll be out tomorrow because uh, Jack and I are going to talk a little bit about what's next for him and probably, you know, uh, muse some more about the uh, state of ufology. So there's going to be some more after chat coming at you in just a few moments on the MP3. Thanks to everybody for listening, and uh, I guess, you know, stay tuned for more. Like I said, Jack, this is a real firecracker of a conversation, so I really uh, I really enjoyed it. Well, I have too. Thank you. It's uh, always entertaining to me and, and informative to talk with someone that, that is well read on the circumstances and you know open to possibilities but, but you know like they say not so open our brains fall out you know <laughs> absolutely absolutely now uh you teased on your blog uh you, I, first i got to give you kudos dude the uh what i really like about the ufo trail too is and and I'm I'm you know I'm as I'm as guilty of this as anybody, um, but there's like this rush to sort of like glamorize everything or sort of like you know go go crazy with graphics and layout and design and all that and it's just like the UFO trail is just straight up information awesome information well researched and uh, you know investigated articles and presented there for people to see you know like when I was putting together the little graphic for the show it's like. You guys don't even have a logo. That's how hardcore you guys are at the UFO Trail. <laughs> you guys, I mean you. You know, you don't. You don't even right, have a logo, right. man. That's how badass you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I'm also happy to tell you I am in the process of, of writing a book on the kinds of things I blog about and. It, I pretty much view it as just an extension of the blog, like um, uh, a bunch of chapters that could all be just blog posts kind of thing and um, that aren't on the blog. And I'm exploring alleged alien abduction and intelligence community and hypnosis and just kind of how it all spiraled out of control and to where we are now and the kinds of things we've been talking about tonight. Yeah. So I, I'm excited about that, and uh, I'm, I'm, I really appreciate that, that you've had me on and that you appreciate the blog because I know you have a, a large sampling of people in the UFO community you've talked to and been aware of and, and interviewed, so I really appreciate that, that, that you like the blog. Thank you. Oh, man, you have no idea. I'll be honest with you. Going into the show, I was nervous because I, I hold your stuff up to such high level of, uh, like I said, results-oriented. That's the, that's the name of the game here on the show. And it's like you, you seem to have the same 
same mindset about this and, it's, and, and, and accountability as well. And it's like, if, I hope that I can live up to what <laughs> Jack Brewer expects from the people in this field. Cause uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 <laughs> that was my concern going into the interview where it's like, Oh, Jack probably thinks I'm an ass because I do Michael Jackson death hoax shows. But, you know, I'm serious about this <laughs> stuff. I want to get to the bottom of it, man. Uh, I I like people with a sense of humor. I don't have any problem with, with all of that kind of thing. Um, I just, if I had a pet peeve, it would be that people separate their opinions and beliefs from what they represent is that they know right and that that man that could just change the world couldn't it if if we even made an effort and uh i think that's really the bottom line is um what what i think about things and what i feel about them and what i suppose um as compared to what what I can show. And like we were talking about earlier, a a researcher doesn't have a right and shouldn't be respected if if he expects you to take his his information as as conclusive, as the gospel, as true, as fact, when he hasn't demonstrated it to be. But sure, just talking about, you know, UFOs or aliens or mind control or what we think or what might could be sure I mean I'm all for speculating and and wondering and and even yeah joking around and having a good time but when it comes to calling something a fact and expecting someone to accept it as one we should be able to demonstrate that right yeah yeah I mean I take issue with the whole idea of people saying they know anything about this field because we really don't know anything <laughs> we really don't not much we really don't <laughs> no not much i like to call that ufology's dirty little secret that they really don't know anything about ufos as far except for the fact that people see them that's really about all we yeah. know and we don't even know like you were saying earlier it's you know these things could be these things could just could be I don't want to say natural phenomena cuz uh it could be alien in the sense that it's like an intelligence that's not of this earth but that doesn't mean it's like from mm-hmm. Jupiter. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, and I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what people see. I don't know what, what they've experienced. Don't want to try to tell them. I have found, though, that there's a lot of material on memory um, that that's not discussed widely in the UFO community. Um, Elizabeth Loftus comes to mind. It's just done some uh, fascinating work on, on the way memories can be misinterpreted, and um, it, it. I so I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, I think that the UFO community would be well served to take more of that into into it, you know, into uh, consideration. But of course, they don't for the reasons we discussed of trying to keep the status quo and rather than finding answers, they're, they're trying to perpetuate mystery. And 
everything has an explanation, whatever it's going to prove to be and however strange it might be. But, you know, everything has an explanation. What about this argument? Because I thought about this, uh, you know, while we were talking about it tonight, and I see it in a uh, comment on one of your – it came up as, like, most recent comments on UFO Trail, and it kind of resonated with me because it sort of raised that concern. And it's also something that I've talked about with Greg Bishop uh, in the sense that he's like, you know, we just need to let abduction research die which it is dying anyway, it's pretty much dead, but it's like maybe we should, because this comments, you know, like why, why, the only way to stop all this nonsense is to stop talking about it, even, even negatively, you know, like maybe, maybe uh-huh. we're, we're doing a bad thing by even raising the issue of how dead it is and how it's a wasteland and, um, but I don't know, I mean, I don't necessarily, I see that point of view and I, I, you know, that concern resonates with me, but at the same time it's like, I think this. I think the the issues surrounding how this whole field of research went down uh, is worthy of discussion. It needs to be discussed so we can be aware of it in the future in other possible realms. I agree with that. That's what I think. I think there's some merit to not giving things attention. Like I haven't posted about the uh, the Roswell slides uh, out of somewhat of a. Uh, feeling of that, you know, just what is there to say, you know? And at the same time, like like you're you're expressing about UFO research, as I do these shows and I make these posts, a lot of people tell me that they didn't know about stuff. Um almost every time I do something on the Woods case I, I get people that didn't know about it yet. A, a very small percentage of the community knows anything about the, the Carpenter affair and the extents of what all happened in the Leah Haley case. And so from that perspective, I think some of the primary issues need to get repeated every few weeks or every few months. Yeah. Because people do keep coming in to the community wanting to know more about it. And I I think that there needs to be some places that are pretty, pretty credible, pretty good, good places to get this information where no, we don't have to just harp endlessly about what's wrong with everything. But, um, I mean, as long as these guys are getting invited to venues to speak, I think it's reasonable to keep pointing out some of their history that they're not talking about, you know? And, exactly, and yeah. What's flawed about their research methodology. Exactly. They're getting positive publicity still, so it's like something needs to counteract that. There needs to be a watchdog effect in a way. Now, you know, as I said with the very beginning of this conversation, it's like sometimes I read the blog and I'm like, "You're really, uh, you're, 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 like you, like you pointed out on one of them. People were like, "How can you say that about Bud Hawkins? He's a saint. He's a saint." It's like you're really challenging the orthodoxy here of uh, mainstream ufology. Have you received uh, any backlash from anybody in ufology where they're like? You know, either aside from like trolls in the comment section, you know, that are just like 
anonymous and say yeah. crappy things. Has anyone in ufology been like, hey, man? That's a good good question. And, yeah, yeah, I have. And um, a couple of people I never was willing to address publicly because – I felt like that fell in, definitely fell into the category of addressing it, gives it more power. Mm-hmm. Um, one individual I was working with actually had an event that they found concerning enough to to notify the police because in the event anything came up again later, they wanted the police to know. It had to do with some hate mail. Jeez. Um uh that was uh snail mail hate mail that um was clearly done to demonstrate that they were aware of their physical address and you know that kind of thing and yeah yeah um so yeah there's an aspect of it that's concerning that um, we are sometimes dealing with a traumatized demographic where we're dealing with people that kind of decide that the ends justify the means. And if I recall, Dr. Valet in one of his books had a uh, a case that he identified as a hoax that he thought the people sincerely believed in aliens enough that they thought that justified the hoax. That, you know... It, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I have... Uh, gotten some backlash some of it that i i found more concerning than others and um yeah at one point an associate that i was conducting some research with was concerned enough about it that they informed the police of some mail they had received yeah that's just creepy well you know like i said you you kind of threaten the orthodoxy of uh ufology but ufology's i don't know Sometimes I feel like it. Well, I, I feel like I've stepped away from it enough now that I've gotten the perspective on it, where it just feels almost quaint in a way. It just doesn't really. It's kind of like you said earlier. If you're surrounded by people all the time that are in it, you kind of uh, take on a different mindset. And so now that as I've kind of gotten further out of it, I look at it and I'm just like, oh, these are just like old, old white dudes, hobbyists who have have nothing better to do than you know, <laughs> spin yarns. Yeah. And yeah. So, it's kind of if you look at it that way, like I said, it's kind of like it's like the, it's like the Rotary Club or something. Yeah, that if you take it to other demographics, um, like people that aren't just submerged in the whole UFO subculture constantly, then they read some things into it that yeah you got the old white guy you got a lot of misogyny mm-hmm. going on you got uh um various things that if you're not just indoctrinated and become blind to it that you know you realize there's people that are just running around hyperventilating about one topic or another that get this energy and everybody agreeing with them and they just make it their reality you know and yeah when when other people take a look at it sociologists psychologists um even just casual observers that go wow i can't believe 
he won't talk about the Emma Woods story while he's interviewing this guy and telling him what great work he does. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't know what's gonna. I don't know if anything can fix this crazy field uh, of UFO studies. Uh, you know, it'll fix it uh, an outside sort of entity, like uh, like I said, academia or something, finally turning its attention. Like I don't think the people that really are have have tasked themselves with the with the chore of solving the UFO enigma. They're they have failed. That's the yeah. <laughs> that's you know that's the sad. And if any, I, I, I'm sure people have listened to the show over the years and have seen me grow more and more cynical. And it's like, I you know. I'm sorry, folks. I don't see how there's any debate over the fact that, that ufology has failed. It's had 50-something years, if we say by their standard that it began in 47. They've had 50, 60-plus years to solve this. They haven't. Uh, you know, at what point do you, you fish or cut bait, right? Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. You definitely do. And that's why I kind of wonder um, what the next, next phase of of pop culture might evolve into that um whatever you know people are reporting has has been going on a long time and i don't know if there's something legitimate to it if it's something in an objective reality if if it's you know elaborate complex jungian freud stuff i don't know but it, it's going to keep going on, whatever it is, and I want I kind of wonder what people are going to call it because I, I agree with you. We definitely need to cut bait on the, the alien abduction. I mean, technology and science has surpassed the mystery of it, you know. We, we, we know a lot about what's out there and what's not, and we can check these hybrids and these people and these scenes and um we we just don't have any reason to really think that hypothesis holds merit anymore and like you say you you gotta check a hypothesis now and then you can't just hang on to it for 30 years without ever falsifying it or validating it yeah yeah well when you have books to sell and tickets to sell i guess you can justify it, right? I think that's the uh, subconscious. I, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Um, sometimes I wonder, you know, if uh, a lot of us, you know, that are, are find the conspiracies interesting, like me, um, a lot of things we we can demonstrate about the intelligence community and people on the fringe of it and the hoaxers in ufology and but sometimes the conspiracies just come out of thinking people couldn't be as unintelligent as they appear like you must be deceptive you know to have such a harebrained idea and sometimes i think we just give them give them more credit for intelligence than they might have deserved i i think you're right and that sometimes they just like attention and want to sell a book or just want to be a speaker at a ufo convention or something and there's so many different reasons that people say and do the things they've done over the years in this genre now have you ever taken 
there's a part of me that like would love it if you took a look at some of these other genres in a way. But have you ever like, because uh, you know I'm a big Bigfoot buff. Have you ever sort of looked at anything uh, beyond uh, UFOs and abduction stuff? Uh, you know, at 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 the seedy underbelly of these other genres. I've looked at um, Bigfoot a little bit. I uh, was following Sykes' work, and then I guess he's kind of uh, run into some difficulties lately with his theories. I I saw a paper that was posted by a group in, I believe it was Oklahoma, that were writing about um, rocks being thrown and, and beatings on their cabin walls, and they had been... Uh, working at at this study for quite some time and um some of it was kind of off the wall and they seemed to raise some good questions as well but so yeah the answer to your question is i have looked at some of it um i think the ghost genre is kind of interesting too and that kind of stuff they're either faking or they're not i mean it's not as complicated as ufos and if you got a picture of, um, you know, light or mist or, or a, a human figure in the room, you either hoaxed it or you didn't, yeah. you know? I mean... Yeah, the ghost stuff is tricky, you know? It's a real tricky... Uh, I've been really critical of, like, sort of the ghost hunting idea just because if you just took that sheer amount of people that are out ghost hunting all the time, they should have come up with something better, uh, <laughs> proof-wise. yeah. Yeah, when I was at the uh, Arkansas, the Ozark UFO conference in 2012, when it broke up, I went over and uh, spent the night at the place that's uh, billed as the America's Most Haunted Hotel, and it was fun. I enjoyed it. It was interesting that it was a completely different mood, a lot less ominous than the UFO convention. Um, uh, a lot, a lot more fun. I enjoyed it, but yeah, from a, a serious investigative perspective, uh, that didn't exist. It was, you know, yeah. stories and, um, you know, they, they want people to stay in the hotel, but I did enjoy it a lot. It was a lot of fun and it, it's a creepy old building, you know, it's a creepy place that, has you know plenty of stories and arrests surrounding it and you know it, it was fun and interesting it was really interesting how different the genres were like after i just left the ufo community yeah that you know is the ones of them that aren't afraid of the aliens are afraid of the the spooks in the crowd <laughs> yeah, and yeah. go over, you know go over to the the hotel and um it it's much lighter and um people talk to one another and don't seem as fearful you know i know what you mean yeah i remember being at a conference like that and the guy i was with was insistent that there was government agents in the audience and it's just like again it goes back to like you don't know that you're just you're just <laughs> what are you talking about you're just paranoid man oh my god i find it hilarious that like at the that that the that the mood was more upbeat and chill at the at the haunted 
uh, hotel than it was at the UFO conference. It's like, dude, we got this dead dead people <laughs> hanging around. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was wild that, like, we're taking pictures, and I took this tour, and this guy did, and he was quite talented at what he did. He He told good stories. He was fun. And it was a group of, I don't know, maybe a dozen of us tromping all over this old hotel. And we were talking and joking with each other. And, yeah, we had a really good time. It was a good group. And, no, I mean, at, at the UFO conference, it's, I mean, it's serious stuff, you know, serious, serious stuff. And yeah. uh, yeah. It, it was night and day, night and day. Pretty crazy. But what do you find interesting about the Bigfoot? Are there any particular researchers you would recommend? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, to recommend to 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 look into to sort of like see what the cutting edge stuff is or something. Yeah, like what do you find interesting about the the Bigfooters? Oh, I just I just find the mythology of Bigfoot so interesting. Sort of the idea that there's this possible like giant ape running around. Uh, I think I think mostly that it, that that it's like it's a lot easier to sort of wrap your mind around than aliens. You know what I mean? With the UFO thing, yeah. like we had Brad Stogger on a bunch of times, and he's like, you know, he has a list of like 23 things that aliens that the UFOs could be. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with like Bigfoot, it's like percentage wise, it's you know, it's you can break it down into like maybe four categories. You know what I mean? It's like hoax, yeah. real animal, or interdimensional thing. You know, so it's like yeah. more easy to wrap your mind around. And to me, it just—I don't know. I've got kind of—I like animals. <laughs> you know, it's like that kind of yeah, thing. yeah. It's a little more to me. Yeah. It's a little more fun. But I don't know what. You know, I don't really know what the state of Bigfoot research is right now, to be honest with you, except there's always like all these hoaxes, it seems nowadays, and there's always like infighting and, and people fighting over stuff and, and blurry footage. It's kind of like in a, it's it's in sort of a, a, a childlike state or something, you know, where like their material isn't that good yet. I don't know what they need to do to figure it out, but it's in, a, it's in the same kind of way as ufology. It's spinning its wheels, you know, and I don't understand yeah. uh, what needs to be done about that. So, and, uh, yeah, so I, I find it, I find it pretty interesting. I've always, since I was like a kid, since I was like in third grade, I think I had like a fascination with Bigfoot. So who knows where it, you know, who knows where it comes from? Probably some, sure, <laughs> some horrid childhood memory that I'd rather, <laughs> that I'd rather forget. <laughs> I have no idea, honestly, though. Um, all right, so you're. I'm gonna let you get going here in a minute, but let's talk a little bit. When 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 can we expect the book here? Yeah, I think you said and you teased it. Um, oh, that, that got me off the track actually, because I got into how you don't have a logo. But uh, oh, I, I wanted to mention, you know, other people they're writing a book. It's like the top blog post. You know what I mean? They're like, the book is coming. Everyone, get excited. I'm get the book is. I'm writing a book. But with your stuff, yeah. you just mentioned it in passing at the end of a of a blog post. Like, if I hadn't been paying attention, I would have completely missed it, where I was like, I did a double take. I'm like, wait a minute, did he just say he's writing a book? So, what? Yeah. So, you know, kudos yeah, to you I, again, in that sense. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I uh, I expect to be be finished with it in a few months. It's coming along well. I'd say I'm a, about a third to a halfway through, 
and it uh it, it's about hip things about hypnosis i find fascinating from like the 1940s to present some even before that like yeah. how it even came to the west and um research of alleged alien abduction um I uh I find it just fascinating and and the ways yeah the intelligence community things overlap in and out of ufology and sometimes it's tough to to correlate exactly where that's happening to to identify exactly what's happening or put a name on who's responsible for it yet at the same time we can certainly see an influence that the intelligence community has had again and again and again. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying working on that and it should be, should be available in a few months. And I, uh, I'm sure I will be, be writing more about it as, as I get closer to uh, putting it out. But yeah, I did at this point just want to mention it and let people be watching for it and nice. Um hope that they enjoy reading the blog and that they want to see more of what's on the blog cuz that's the kind of material that will definitely be in the book. I want to see more of what's in the blog for sure, so absolutely. Do you have a title for the book yet or is it the UFO trail? I do not. Yeah, I did that might be a good title. Um I do not have a working title yet. I don't. No. And final question, I guess. Uh, what is the significance of the name, the UFO Trail? I didn't really have another name. You know, when I first started the blog, it was really because of my interest in the Leah Haley case. And I wanted to um, write about the things I was finding out from from interacting with her and... Um, it's just kind of where it all winds and uh, yeah. and where it goes. It's kind of like a, a path through the, the dark woods, you know, that you really don't know what's on either side of the path. And um, sometimes maybe kind of our imagination's worse than, than what's even really out there, you know. Oh, man, that's that. Yeah, that could be summed up for the entire paranormal field. Well, uh, if you don't mind, Jack, I'm going to do the plugs. That's going to take about three minutes. Can you just stay on the air? I wanted to talk to you a little bit after the show, do sort of a just an off off air uh, chat. I want to ask you something. Sure. All right. Sure. All right. All right. So to plug once again the blog, folks. If you're not reading this blog, you're really uh, woefully ill informed about what's really going on in ufology, and that's probably the best endorsement I can give uh, for the UFO trail. It is required reading for any serious student of the UFO phenomenon, especially anybody who uh, swims amongst the ufologists. So check it out at ufotrail.blogspot.com. Jack, I cannot thank you enough for this program. It was fascinating. Like I said, I feel like I got, uh, I feel like I bench pressed 500 pounds with my brain tonight uh, talking to you. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much. Awesome. Awesome. All right, I'm just going to throw my plugs here, and then I'll uh, end the show, and I'll just chat with you for a moment afterwards. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on Blog Talk Radio, this is Banal of America. You can find out more from us at banalofamerica.com, B-I-N-N-A-L-L of America.com. 
We're also on Facebook. Just punch in that same name, Banal of America. Like us if you want to, uh, and you'll have all kinds of access to inside info and uh, callbacks and news and stuff like that about Banal of America there on Facebook. This is like my worst financial time of the year, folks. And uh, I made it, uh, what I thought was an impassioned plea last week <laughs> at the end of the show for donations, but uh, maybe it wasn't as impassioned as I thought. But we really could use your help right now, and uh, it, it, seriously, it would be great if you could help us out. Because the show's free. I mean, I, I paid to get us on Blog Talk. I pay for the archives. We got 250-something shows there uh, going back almost 10 years now. And it's absolutely free. Anybody can just stumble on it, and they've got probably at this point thousands of hours of audio freely available to them. And that's all via me, and I pay for it, folks. I do pay for it uh, in a lot of ways. So if you could help us out, that would be just enormously appreciated. There are two ways to do so. You can head on over to Banal of America and click the PayPal button. That'll take you to PayPal. They'll walk you through the process. It's safe, secure, and simple. But if you don't trust the internet and you want to do a snail mail donation, there's also a P.O. Box address. You can find that at Banal of America. On the next edition of the program, I can't even tell you uh, who it's going to be just yet. I've got like three guests lined up. I just got to push the right buttons and make sure I uh, line the right guest up. I can tell you for sure it won't be next Thursday. So probably maybe uh, next Friday or Maybe next Wednesday or maybe next Tuesday. I don't know. But we're going to have a show next week. Uh, I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, maybe next Saturday. But we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens. And uh, I'll announce all that, of course, at Banal of America and BOA on Facebook. So stay tuned. But uh, I'm almost 90% sure we'll have a show next week. And if not, we'll have one the week after. Because like I said, i got about three folks here who are just waiting for me to shoot a date and time at them. And we'll all sit down and chat. So with all that said... Uh, two and a half hours here with Jack Brewer. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, like I said, a real firecracker of a show. Thanks to all the folks who tuned in on the live program. Thanks to all the folks who are downloading the MP3 right now and listening. Thanks to the newcomers to the audience. Anyone who's uh, visiting us via the UFO trail, head on over to Banal of America. Dig into that archive. Uh, just about everybody you can imagine in the world of ufology has been on the program in the past. So a whole host of interesting names uh, discussing a whole host of interesting topics in the BOA archive. And of course, thanks to all the hardcore, ardent BOA listeners, the folks who have been with us so for so very long. Thank you for your enduring support of the program. With all that said, once again, thank you for making BOA Audio a part of your esoteric audio playlist. Until next time, my friends, this is Tim Benall, signing off.